I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Rams All Access with my friend Marco Farr. JB Long here Thursday Night Football against the Raiders coming your way at SoFi Stadium. Rams looking to break a six-game losing skid. Wow, does December spin fast. What do you mean, spin fast? Well, like, go to, fast? It's good to see you, but I'm not sure what yeah. you're wearing. Oh, my little Christmas hat here? I, just, I love it. just got in the studio and looked up, and something's different about I'm you. I'm spreading Christmas joy. I, it's either something between a Santa Claus hat and a reindeer hat. What do you think? It's up to you. But why? It's Christmas. What do you mean? But why? It's December. This isn't. This isn't your style, though. We're You've never. Days you don't do Christmas. this every year. No, but I mean, look. Why not now? You must have been on radio or something this morning. Why? Was this a bit? No, this is me. I wore this all day. I wore this uh, during drop off. Absolutely, I'm are, spreading joy. Are you wearing it to Thursday night football? I won't wear it to Thursday night football. Okay. That's that's different. I'll wear it here though. <laughs> you know, you've seen those 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 soccer moms with the 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 reindeer noses on their car. I almost want one. I think this is close. Yeah, I just I've never done a radio show with one of them before. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> but I'm not I, distracting you. What I meant by <laughs> December is between work and life and then a short week for TNF at SoFi Stadium. My goodness. I'm I'm drowning. How about you? Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm happy for the short week. I really am because you lost. We hate when the team loses. Uh, everybody hates to lose, but you know, game day comes a little bit faster, so you got a chance to get back out there. Now, look, me, I love Thursday night ball for that Matt for that fact. I'm sure the players hate it for that fact. You just got done playing, and you got to fire it up again and play on Thursday. Yeah, on we'll, turf. <laughs> we will, of course, preview Raiders and Rams. Uh, we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield in just a second. Coming up on Four Down Territory, Lincoln Kennedy. Raider greats, college football Hall of Famer, your teammate up in Seattle at UW will join us. I got a bone. You know, I've been done dirty like twice in the NFL, like really, really bad, like stuff that could have been bad for me, catastrophic stuff. And both have been ex-teammates from Washington. One of them is Lincoln Kennedy. I cannot wait to catch up with this dude. All right, so you'll join me for that conversation? Oh, try and stop me. Uh, Oh, yeah. Terrific. Uh, One other quick tangent before we get to the, the crux of the matter. Deion Sanders, new head coach at Colorado. Man. You know, we've been talking about that for a minute. All right, someone you played against. Yeah. Know a lot about. I'm happy for Moving Dion. to the Pac-12. I'm happy for Dion. I, I, I really am. I'm happy for him uh, to, to he was offered and he took the Colorado job. Power five. Um, I'm, I was hoping he would stay right where he was because of the mission. But. You saw his uh, opening press conference to his players, right? I sure did. Jump in that portal. I've been saying that since he said it. Oh, you better jump in that portal. So you know what he's coming to do to Colorado. And then how about introducing Colorado's next quarterback, his son, as part of his press conference? Right off the bat. Look, the only guy I knew, knew or know of, that could talk that much trash and back it up is him. So I don't put anything past uh, Deion Sanders, ever. If he says he can do it, he's going to do it. If you can announce your starting quarterback on your first day, you the man. Absolutely. And watch it happen. <laughs> All right, speaking of starting quarterbacks, who is going to start 
for the Rams this week against the Raiders. We'll ask Sean McVay coming up in the next segment. Uh, but let's start with the news of the week. Your reaction to Baker Mayfield asking for and being granted his release from Carolina after being benched not once but twice by one of the worst teams in the league and the Rams being the lone team willing to claim him off waivers. They had a high priority, but as it turns out, no one else, not even the San Francisco 49ers with an injured Jimmy Garoppolo, were interested. That stinks for Baker Mayfield, right? That's got to make you feel kind of bad. That's humbling, I'm sure, yes. Uh, well, it has to be. I mean, look, I, I remember meeting him on the way to the Senior Bowl. He was on the same plane, and the first thing I, I looked, I'm like, I can't believe how short this guy is. And he's, I think he was the Heisman Trophy winner coming out before he was drafted. I'm like, God, this guy's really short. But he started as a walk-on at Texas Tech, so right. both things can be true. And he had so much swag. I mean, that dude had so much drip. I mean, he had that little bad boy persona on the plane, so I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun watching him get destroyed. So the second thing was, I am so glad I don't tweet so much. Because I don't have to take back anything bad I said about him. <laughs> I do have one receipt, though. I do have one receipt. What, what? What did I say? Do you remember when P.J. Walker and the Carolina Panthers were coming into SoFi Stadium before the bye? Oh, yeah, yeah. What did I say? Did I tweet something? No, but oh. you told us right here on this program that you would kind of rather have Baker. Oh, because I'd want to see him get destroyed. See what I mean? <laughs> I put it out there. But I did not tweet it. So... Uh, that's number two. Uh, number three is, look, I think he's the better quarterback of the three, if you really want to be honest. It's Baker Mayfield. Think of his resume. If you're talking about Bryce Perkins and John Wolford. Absolutely. There, there's no comparison quarterback. He's the better prospect of the three. So um, considering where you are offensively, just in totality, that made total sense to go out and get him. So to the question, why not, you give a thumbs up. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, look, of all the negative things there are about Baker Mayfield playing this game, and there's there's some, and there's some question marks about is he going to accept being a backup if if you're looking for long term because Matthew Stafford is clearly the guy, uh, so he's going to have to kind of accept the backup role. That's going to be hard for him to do, right? Mm -hmm. And the last thing you want to do is have a quarterback controversy, so. I don't want him coming in here kind of leaning into the fan favorite thing and Stafford has a rough patch. So the next thing you know, they're screaming, Baker. No, 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 no. But you no. know, he can play the role. Right. Say the right things. But okay. as far as where you are right now, great move by the Rams. So I want to ask you, he gets claimed at what, 1 o'clock on Tuesday? Yeah. The Rams play just after 5 o'clock on Thursday. So basically 48 hours to learn a playbook. I don't think that's a reasonable span of time to contribute anything against the Raiders, though it sounds like they're at least keeping that door open. That's crazy. That's that's like releasing a guy into general population. bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, 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 no. Uh, that's that's not enough time to be ready. I no. would, especially given the Rams are not practicing on a short week. That and, means he gets in for a meeting and a walkthrough, basically. Yeah. I, how bad is Wolford's neck? We'll find out. Uh, I mean... But I'm, I, I, I saw him after the game. I'm no doctor, but he's not on crutches. He turned his head. He spoke. He gave an interview. So I'm assuming, well, that's same with Matthew Stafford. And then he was out for a week. So you never know. But I would assume it's if Wolford can play, it would be Wolford, Wolford Perkins, and then Mayfield until the next week. Yeah. And Sean McVay will give us some clarity on that coming up in our next segment. But for the time being, what would you do? And here's what I would do. I've seen enough of John Wolford to know who he is and what he can do. I think given where the Rams are, I would give Bryce Perkins another start. I'm just radio guy. I'm not 
the coaching yeah. staff. I'm not Sean McVay. I don't get a vote in this, but I'm saying in terms of what I would do moving forward, I would give Bryce Perkins one more start against the Raiders. I would have John Azure back up if he can physically. I would give Baker Mayfield a long week to prepare for the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field and I'd say these final four are yours. Help us evaluate as best we can our offensive roster. And if things go great, there's a lot of options. Maybe he's interested in backing up Stafford next year. Maybe another team is interested in offering him a nice contract and uh-huh. the Rams could net a comp pick out of this whatever 1.4 million five game sample size. If things don't go well, and they continue to extend their losing streak if the thing really comes off the rails. Oh well, worth a try. And you're gonna have a higher pick. That's that's where I am with it. It's kind of a no lose. Um right? I well, mean, I, I think Well, let's, I mean, considering where that, you are, you you've lost nine games. It's not the losses on the field that I'm worried about. I think yeah. there could be other consequences within your facility. And I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's gonna come in and stir anything up, but I'm saying I don't want to be naive to the fact that wins and losses are the only thing at stake here. That's all that matters. I just got asked that question on the other show. Like, what what are the Rams trying to accomplish? What are the goals? I said to win games, period, end of the story. That's what we're doing here. You're trying to win football games. I, I could care less. You could have 13 wins, and you're still going after one. You could have no wins, and you're still going after one. That's that's the mission. But The second thing is you're evaluating talent. You are where you are. You're playing for 2023, but make no mistake, you're trying to win football games. If for only one thing, to feel good about yourselves moving into the next week. I mean, it stinks when you're this far out from the end and you're out of it. It really stinks. Uh, It's tough on your marketing department. They have to do a lot of things to keep people engaged. Uh, It's tough on the players because there's no motivation to come practice in the cold and try to get better. So uh, when they say... We're going to figure out who loves football. Well, it's true. You're going to, you have to really love football to improve through this right now. So uh, we'll see how this whole Baker Mayfield thing works out with the players. But, you know, if you're a guy like Bobby Wagner and you could care less about your record and all you're trying to do is win every snap one at a time, um, I'm curious as to know how he feels about you bringing in another quarterback at this point right now. Well, the quarterback who played last week didn't exactly give you a chance to win. I he mean, had a shot. He put you ahead, and I, he wasn't out there on on defense when you gave up the lead. But you were ahead, and you okay. just couldn't hold it. Yeah. Okay, fair, but we all know that Stafford wins that game. Oh, fair, uh, easy. Uh, Stafford kills those guys. I mean, that defense wasn't lights out. It didn't do its job at the end, but it was good enough to win yet again. You had a chance to win. You had a chance to win a lot of football games. The biggest positive I took from that game, JB, was the same five starters on offense started and finished the game. That's a plus. Offensive line. Offensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a plus. And you felt that. Absolutely. I thought. That will get better the next time or tomorrow when when the Rams see the Raiders. That will help you be better. Uh, you'll see a better product running the football and in pass protection. That's great. Okay, I got all sorts of follow-ups on a lot of the points that you just made, and I want to dwell on that performance from Bobby Wagner a little bit too. Um, But we're going to have to stop here. We'll come back with Sean McVay, and I did want to just kind of summarize a life comes at you quickly in the National Football League sentiment, and and I'm I'm not trying to make more out of this than it is, but it does strike me that in the run it back offseason, you were planning on and hoping to get Odell Beckham Jr. Instead, at the end of this year, you wind up with the quarterback <laughs> that basically 
divorced him from Cleveland. Am I wrong? <laughs> what do they say? Life comes at you fast? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Similarly, at the trade deadline, when wow. you are very much in it, yeah, you make a run at Christian McCaffrey, and instead he goes to San Francisco. And so you didn't get the Carolina Panther you wanted, but maybe now you get the Carolina Panther you need. Like a Wow. It's... Wow. It, <laughs> it's it's a at once a tough pill to swallow, but at by the same token, I think exactly the right move that the Rams have pivoted to and did and should make because whether it's at quarterback or any other position, if there's a practice squad player on another 31 team that you think you were interested in back in the draft process or you want to explore, I'd be all for signing that person, giving them a one-month audition, either in your facility or on the field, to see whether or not a futures contract makes sense going into next year. Absolutely. And like I said, this is a great pickup by the Rams, and there's so much you can do with it. It just depends on what Baker Mayfield you get. I like it. Well, Sean McVay has sprinkled that magic quarterback dust on a couple of previous number one picks. Jared Goff first, Matthew Stafford most recently last season. Could he have similar influences on Baker Mayfield? We'll hear from the head coach on this Wednesday, preparing for Thursday Night Football on 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, when you have a player of his caliber come available and you look at just the circumstances and the situation surrounding our quarterback room, we felt like it was the right move for us. Um, he's a guy that I've always respected his game, um, liked a lot of things that he brings to the table. I've known him a little bit, um, just going back to even when we rode out to the uh, combine together when he was training in L.A. and we sat next to each other on the Southwest flight with it being the only direct flight from LAX to Indianapolis. So, um, as far as his status for tomorrow, we're working through that kind of stuff. Um, we just finished up. I mean, he literally just got here last night. Um, incredibly sharp guy. Um, it was good to be able to be around him, but really we felt like it, it upgraded our quarterback room, gives us a chance to, uh, you know, to have him in the building and, and we'll see how it goes and we'll take it a day at a time. Well, there you go. That was the head coach of your Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, talking about the Rams' decision to bring in Baker Mayfield, the only franchise to claim him off waivers after he was uh, released by the Carolina Panthers at his request. We continue with this Thursday night football. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Lung with you in studio tonight here on 710 ESPN. L.A. looking to snap a six-game losing streak, yeah. and they'll do it against the Silver and Black, who, DeMarco, have found new playoff life. Uh, left for dead at two and seven, uh, a stretch in which they were shut out by the New Orleans Saints, a stretch in which they lost embarrassingly to the Jeff Saturday-led Colts, but they've turned it around most recently with an overtime walk-off win 
in Seattle and then home last week against the Chargers. So a lot to dig into with this matchup as we put the Baker news behind us. Um, Let's move forward with the matchups on the field. What stands out to you about this showdown with the Raiders? You know what's funny is, you know, I could even, I could care less about what the Raiders do. I mean, because it's all about what the Rams are. You know what I'm saying? You said this a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it, you're exactly right. It almost makes no, no sense to look at the opponent when you're trying to figure out what your guys can do. But look, obviously the Raiders are going to try to run the football. Um, and, after seeing Seattle up close and seeing the week before what the Raiders did, okay, so if they can do that to them, with and then I'm thinking of the Rams defense without Aaron and watching what Seattle did to it. Oh, gosh. Well, my game plan against the Rams will be run it down their throat until you stop it. Well, that's just the thing. The Rams, even in a loss, and even when Geno Smith torched them through the air, they didn't catch the full force of that Seattle running game. Kenneth Walker jaunts for 30 and then is laying for the rest of the game his backup out the backup to the backup didn't dress so that became kind of a one-dimensional seattle attack and it was still plenty to get over on the rams that will not be the case this week against the nfl's leading rusher josh jacobs but let me say this before we start talking negative um michael hoyt Hoyt went Hoyt. I was going to say Hoyt went crazy. Okay, so why don't you want to starts crazy? Let's talk about. Po- I'm <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to back burner the Raiders for a second. Yeah. Let's go back to Sunday. What did you like? Who did you like about the Rams? Maybe that's where we should have started. Michael Hoyt went Hoyt. Like when uh, Chris Rock said that Tiger went Tiger, Hoyt went out there and went nuts. I loved it watching him play. Uh, that was tremendous. Uh, Jonah Williams was a guy that started. Um, I asked him before the game, how much are you playing? He said, I'm going the entire way. I think he played like 85%. Now, I love his stats. He had six tackles, five assists. That means that dude is hustling all over the field. Now, the problem is with Jonah and Greg Gaines and uh, and uh, Michael Hoyt was the fact they were getting thrown around sometimes by Seattle. Now, they went away from the run game, they threw it on you, and they couldn't get pressure. But for the times they were active – the times they were out there, they all made big splash plays at one one time or another. Yeah, That's going to help you moving forward. I'm going to the offense. I'm going to 2-2 Atwell. If nothing else comes to this final month of the season, other than clarity in terms of what he brings to the 2023 offense, I still consider that a win. He's running more of the route tree. He's impacting the running game and the passing game. He played a career-high snaps in back-to-back weeks. Here's your second-year receiver, your first pick from two drafts ago, finally coming alive without the benefit of what I would consider replacement-level quarterback play. I'm encouraged by that. Yeah. I, look, we and, said this. If you don't get your hands on 2-2, you got problems. That little dude can run. And McVay's offense with the pre-snap motion and the waggle action it's designed to get free releases cooper cup has benefited from this for years not that he needs it he can get off press coverage but tutu should never feel contact coming off the line of scrimmage because he's going to be in stacks and bunches are in motion okay so watching him play the way he played i got two questions for you would you rather Tavon austin or tutu atwell (laughs) so you got you got a deeper experience with tutu than i yeah i feel like i have already seen more from tutu as a ball tracker as a receiver than I ever did for Tavon and I'm optimistic that he is maybe already and certainly can become a better route runner and receiver than Tavon Tavon probably brings more gadget more backfield options yeah I think Tutu is probably a jet sweep only guy but tell me if I'm wrong no you're dead on right there I think I think that uh, Tavon's a little tougher, a little more stout, um, but he's a guy that you can turn into a running back. Put him in the dot and let him run. But Tutu, like you said, can give you some 
out of a jet sweep, give you some on, on the ground, and he can also explode past you. That's what Tavon could not do. I think Tutu can actually make plays with the ball above his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what Tavon could That do. one-handed catch, I didn't know he had that in his bag. See? And I'm starting to wonder, like, where was this and you couldn't find a way to get him on the field earlier? Sean McVay said as much. He pointed the finger at himself. Yeah. How? How could you not get him on the I field mean, earlier? couldn't the same thing be said of Hoyt? You've been deficient at the edge all year. Well, and that it's not was a until shock. It's... That was a shock because you had outside backers. He's practicing with a whole different group. He's yeah. not down there with the outside linebackers. So it was a creative solution, yeah. and it was a good one. But in retrospect, I wish we'd had it on the field in November rather than finding it by necessity in what December. What was his name years ago? He was the same as Michael Hoyt, just not as good rushing the passer. He played inside, outside, everywhere. I can't remember his name. Matt Longacre? Matt Longacre, but just better. You see what I'm saying? So, uh, by necessity, we're going to line you up here. Can you play this? Sure. But Michael Hoyt, I think, has found a home. I mean, the guy's got snap. I mean, he's bending those those tight ends backwards on the run, and he's got some some wiggle on his pass for us. So, I'd love to see more of that. Let's let's keep that going to see how good he can actually be out there. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. This is a Thursday night football preview edition of Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN. I've got one more for you. Go ahead. Um, and then I'll turn it back to you if you have any other silver linings from the most recent loss of the Seahawks. Brandon Powell reminded me a lot of Robert Woods. Tough. When you're looking at that offense that they ran at the Seahawks, it felt like 2018 at times yeah. just with a different operator and some of the things that he was doing and in, including taking handoffs on like fake tosses and inside gives i was impressed uh, how could you not be happy for a guy like that you know like how do i <sighs> he's like the tabasco sauce up on the shelf he's the spiciest thing in the room i mean that dude plays angry when they punt away from him he takes it personally I'm serious. Yeah, no, I mean, he, just, he, yeah. he's got a disposition that I think you're going to need Thursday night because I said this coming into the room with you earlier today. I'm concerned about tomorrow. I'm concerned about an emotional letdown tomorrow. Because of the loss to Seattle or just what the stadium may look like? Well, you've been in there. You tell me if I'm onto something or not. I think for the last several weeks, there's been something to play for. You go back to New Orleans. You had Matthew Stafford coming back. You still had playoff life. Slim chance, but still had playoff life and a beatable opponent. Didn't go your way, even though you had the lead at the half. You go to Kansas City, and I think everyone wanted the best for Bryce Perkins. He has enough followers in that locker room that everyone, I think, cinched up. They're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to do our best to give Bryce a chance to win. We know we're probably not going to score 28 points. So the defense had to do something like get five out of six stops in the red zone. And they did in a losing effort, but they did. They rallied around Bryce. And then last week to me was the Bobby Wagner game. Mm-hmm. And I think it showed. I mean, he played one of his best games in a Hall of Fame career. And I think he brought teammates, including the likes of Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Floyd and Ernest Jones with him. Oh, yeah. And McVeigh, I thought, had his most inspired offensive game plan, um, as close to cohesive an offensive line as you could have, um, and a quarterback who could operate an offense that we know gives Seattle trouble. But now what? That's my question for tomorrow. Now what? Hmm. Now you're now your losing record is guaranteed. Now your playoff hopes are gone. It's a short week. You've signaled in every way possible that you're evaluating just about every position. And oh, by the way, you're about to get invaded by the silver and black. 
Yeah, you're kind of used to that with the 49ers, with Buffalo. I mean... Used to it, but... Yeah. It's one thing when you're braced for it, and you've got everything to play for. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could play just for that. That could be your battle cry. Um, There's a lot to play for, if you ask me. Play for yourselves, number one. Play to get that's that individually. W. That's individually. Play that W and play for your coach, man. Um, the one thing we both know is Sean McVay is not comfortable being here, and you gotta know it's eating at the guy, and he's trying everything he can to get to make this thing right. So if if you still need some motivation, look to that guy. That's what I would say. Go out there and try to get one. Okay, well, put yourself in his shoes. Yeah, you're in the middle of that locker room, five o'clock tomorrow night. What are you saying? To the 48 who are dressed. I mean, look, we're, we're trying to earn a victory. Um, we're trying to come back in here as winners. Because I hear him. I mean, I, I, I hear him pre, middle, uh, halftime, and post. And it's the same. They're all scratching and clawing trying to get that W. They want to turn this thing around as much as everyone else, if not more. They're the players and the coaches. So it's got to start somewhere and they're not giving up on that so you're right about that they have yeah. not let go of the rope I guess my fear is just I know human nature yeah and I heard that that's so funny they haven't let go of the rope I've heard wheels come off and I'd, I'd say that's more in tune with what's going on the wheels have come off this football team but letting go of the rope means you quit I don't think that's ever going to happen that's it I have not thought about that distinction but I think I'm with you on that. The wheels have come off, and some of that is not of your own doing. Maybe most of it is beyond your control, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have car problems. <laughs> right, right, right. Whether or not you're still tugging in the same direction is a, is a choice. They're still fighting hard. They're still fighting to get a win. Now, like you said, maybe the, the ultimate goal is, is off the table. Uh, you're not going to be a postseason football team, but, I mean, you're not going to quit. It just That's just not going to happen. I hope. I hope that doesn't happen, regardless of circumstance. If it's a blackout in SoFi. I just I sense from the Raiders, I'm not trying to make too much of their three-game winning streak, but I do think they have the potential to be the team that makes you quit. What I mean by that is the sledgehammer running game with Jacobs, the game-breaking play on the perimeter of a Devontae Adams, the edge rush of a Chandler Jones coming off a three-sack performance and a Max Crosby. Like, they have the weapons. Yeah. Make them work then. Uh, Tunnel screen them to death. Make those guys cover a lot of grass. And try to run the football like you did. I still think you can run the football. There's another one. Cam Akers coming alive. How about that? Where where have you been? Where's that guy been? Bouncing off people. Making guys miss. I kind of put him in that 2-2 category, by the way, in terms of who really needs to have a good closing stretch here. Yeah. For Cam's sakes individually, and I think what benefits the Rams most is if he looks like the back that you drafted who ran rough shot over New England. Now, I don't think you're going to get those same results because of the context of the offense he's playing in right now. Yeah. But a trend line going up and to the right. That would be awesome. Going into the new year, that would be awesome. Yeah, right right now, I guess perception is you can buy low on Tutu. But if you put together back-to-back-to-back-to-back good, hard-running, rushing attacks and you're pacing the football team and you give your team a chance to win based on what you're doing, yeah, you can change a lot of minds. Because Kyron Williams has had some chances. He has not seized that starting role by any stretch of the imagination. See, he, has, he hasn't yeah. shown me that he is coming into OTAs next year as the featured back. Remember, we were talking about him coming back. We couldn't wait to see him. And I said, I don't want to put a Superman cape on the kid. On Kyron. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's that guy. I thought he was a great supplemental guy, a great change of pace guy, but... I mean, I, I didn't want to say he's a bell cow yet. 100%. And I think last week's game plan told you that because Cam was sick during the week. There was every reason to turn to Kyron and say, okay, here are the keys. 
but he was the third down back. Yeah. He was in there on third down, and I think that might be a role that he settles into and hopefully locks down for the future. I could see him doing really well in that regard. All right, got to stop here, but coming back with Lincoln Kennedy, DeMarco's friend and sometimes rival, uh, the radio analyst for the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll get his take on all things silver and black as we continue to preview Thursday night football at SoFi Stadium, the Rams and the Raiders here on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Rams All Access to Marco Farr, J.B. Long, and we are pleased to be joined by a college football Hall of Famer, Lincoln Kennedy, who handles the radio broadcast for the now Las Vegas Raiders. Looking forward to catching up with him tomorrow at SoFi Stadium. Here comes Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. Lincoln, how are you? Wonderful, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I'll step aside and let DeMarco send his best. Oh, I know he you knows. go way back. He knows how I feel. I've been done dirty twice. In the NFL, and both times, it's been by a guy I went to college with, Frank Garcia and you. It's the real 75. See? No, I'm the real 75. No, 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 no. I had it coming in. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, break it up, you Huskies. By the way, Penix for Heisman 2023. All right, let's get to the Raiders and the Rams. And Lincoln, I'm going to lean into your expertise here. I know there's a lot of talk about maybe the best receiver in the National Football League, the NFL's leading rusher, but how about up front? That offensive line didn't allow a single sack or a tackle for loss against the Chargers. It seems like the Raiders have settled into their group of five. Well, I'm a firm believer that the longer an offensive line plays together, the better they'll be. And now this was a makeshift coming into the season. It didn't necessarily go the way they originally planned it, but now you're you're absolutely right. They, they are playing a lot better, um, and they're they're more familiar with the system as well as the the uh, the, the chemistry of being with one another. Uh, Colton Miller has been a mainstay. Andre James is coming along. Uh, the, the biggest surprise is probably Dylan Parham, their third round pick, because uh, he was coming in, stepping in as a rookie. You know how difficult it could be in the National Football League with some of these defensive tackles. So. Uh, but they have been playing pretty well so recently, especially. It's It's got to be uh, a little easier now that Aaron Donald's not playing this week. That's got to make your job a little bit easier. Well, I mean, look, you, you, there's, he's one of the best, if not the best, defensive tackles, depending on who you talk to in the National Football League. And Yeah, it, what, but uh, it's also one of those things, D, that, you know, when you after you play in a Super Bowl, it's hard to get back. Mm. Um, whether you win it or not, it's hard to get back, and it's a lot of terror in the body. And, and sometimes, because it's a team game, your mental will start to start to stall. I'm not saying that's what we're, we're down to. That. I mean, obviously, you got to take care of your body because you want to have a long lasting career. But it, it's hard to keep up with it every year at the same pace. Uh, Raiders All-Pro tackle Lincoln Kennedy now sits next to my friend Jason Horowitz calling the Raider games. He'll be with us in Inglewood tomorrow night. Uh, flipping sides of the football, what did Chandler Jones have for breakfast on Sunday, and can you make sure he stays away from it on Thursday, please? Well, I don't know if that's going to be possible. Look, he had a little bit of a coming-out party, but he, it, it – should be said that you know Chandler was able to take take advantage of a, a rookie who was playing out of position. I mean that that should be expected when you have uh, somebody who's been in conversation and possibly going into the Hall of Fame and the career that he's had. He should he was supposed to do that. The fact that he and it came that 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 uh, took that long to get him out and get him active was a shame, but it is what it is. The wounded fawn on the Serengeti, absolutely. I don't have to outrun the yeah. bear; just gonna outrun <laughs> you. Uh, tell me about Max Crosby with two X's. How am I supposed to feel about him? I, I heard he might be the best player, best defensive player in the game. What do you think? You know what? I, I, I agree. The, 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 the level in which he's playing reminds me a lot of Aaron Donald, the fact that he can wreck shop. And teams have triple teamed him. They've chipped him. They try to cut him, go right at him. And he's still playing out of his gore. And it's, it's rare 
you know, you guys, for us to see guys play at this high of a level and really become a game changer, a single man game changer. But he's playing at that level, man. He really is. Uh, Lincoln Kennedy, our guest this week on Four Down Territory, previewing Thursday night football, the Raiders and the Rams. Link, who should the Rams be more fearful of, Josh Jacobs or Devontae Adams? Uh, well, I mean, that's an equal part right there. The fact is that Josh Jacobs is running like a man possessed, and you already know what you have out of Devontae Adams. Mm. That's why the Raiders gave up the, the, what they did, the, the purse that they gave up uh, to Green Bay to get him, and he's playing out of his mind too. The Raiders are starting to develop a chemistry across the board, and the fact that they're multi-dimensional is, is something that I can appreciate, even without the you know the limited stars. You know, for the last three weeks, four weeks, guys, they've only had um, five active receivers active for, for game day and two tight ends. And one of them is one of the tight ends. Bostad mainly plays on uh, um, uh, special teams. Is he trying to make us feel bad for the Raiders? You, you know we're three and nine, Lincoln, right? You know this. I do know that. Yeah. Hey, do you remember we were we were two and seven not too long you ago? You won three there, in so, a row. So. You know, come on now, hold on a well, minute. Okay. You're, you're, the, you're coming off a Super Bowl championship year. Okay, this is true. This is true. Look up when you get to the stadium. You'll see the banner. Um, question for you. So, how many head coaches did you have as a pro? I know you had Gruden. You had uh, Callahan. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so same as me, I think. I think I had seven. Uh, I love our guy here. We all love Sean McVay here. He, he is definitely a winner. What do you think of Josh McDaniels going forward and the job he's done and going into the future? For me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy. I'm a show-me guy. So this, this comes on the fact that you've gotta, he's got to show me more. I questioned some of the decisions in the beginning of the, the, the year. Uh, I still question some of his decisions something now, but I think he's learning how to be a head coach. And look, Marco, when you talk about guys around the league, the biggest thing that I have a, a problem with head coaches, and I've never liked this, is when a, a head coach calls the place. Mm. I think he should be a game manager and, and, and not an offensive coordinator, not a play caller. I think that's what, what their responsibility should be to someone else. And because of that, you see a lot of coaches who don't know how to manage clocks. You see a lot of coaches who don't know how to manage situations. And that's, to me, what a head football coach is. I play with offensive coaches. I played, I've been around defensive coaches. And sometimes you single out and you isolate or have that locker room if, you're not, if the guys don't feel that you're on their side because you've got you know, an offensive or defensive mind. So with that being said, the, when, for me and Josh McDaniels, the jury's still out. I think he's a nice coach. I mean, a good young man, and and um, and it certainly has potential. But there, there's he's there's a learning process there. There's a learning curve with uh, all these coaching staff, not only together, but as far as what they have team wise. Interesting food for thought as McDaniel's and McVay get together two offensive-minded play-calling head coaches for Thursday night football. Hey, Lincoln, uh, you're done, but I did want to just mention one more thing about DeMarco uh, because it didn't fit anywhere else in the show, and we thought you might enjoy it. Last week, Bobby Wagner had multiple sacks and an interception against the Seahawks. First time in his career he'd had a game like that. It turns out he's not the first Ram to do it. DeMarco Farr did it back in December of 1995. Three and a half sacks and a pick at the New York Jets. And he nearly did it in Atlanta in 96 the following year, too. Three career interceptions. Wow, Is that right, D. Far? Don't be don't be impressed. Could Lincoln. you could you, you have imagined <laughs> in college DeMarco Farr going no, for three and a half no, sacks and a all. pick oh, as a pro? Yeah. 
not not at all, not at all. But you know that that booty carries weight, and I'm not just saying that with any fun intended. But <laughs> that's booty for you. That's my Once guy. I get that momentum going, forget it. <laughs> that booty carries weight. What better note to possibly leave our conversation with Lincoln Kennedy? Look forward to seeing you tomorrow in Inglewood. See you at SoFi. Okay, guys, have a good one. I'll see you soon. All right, an all-time great joining us for Four Down Territory. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I didn't. I wish I had known that on Sunday. And I wish yeah. I had known when I when I messaged you, like, hey, this is pretty cool. You've done this before. You should have followed up and been like, well, if they give me a full sack in Atlanta in December of 1996, I would have done it twice. I, I actually I did not remember. And I'm surprised Bobby Wagner had not done that me before too. in his career. Wow. Was, you had picks in 95, 96, and 97. Why are you surprised? Why do you guys look shocked? Do I not look like an athlete? Is that what's going on? The here? hands. The hands is what impresses. That's... Okay, I chose defensive line. Everyone gives J.J. Watt credit for like, yeah. oh, I can't get there on the pass rush. I'm going to stick my hands up and pick this. Yeah. You were the OG. Absolutely. It was you. And I'm doing it from six feet. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Final thoughts on our playoff eliminator coming back on 710 ESPN. Final segment before we turn our attention to Thursday night football at SoFi Stadium, the Raiders and the Rams. DeMarco Farr, JB Long with you tonight. Hope you're having a great week. Thank you for spending part of it with us. Uh, Can I come out of left field before we get to our traditional final segment? Sure. I was talking with Jim Everett this week uh, for some event at SoFi. No need to go down that pathway. But one of the things we talked about was, okay, I think you got a pretty good feel for who the best teams in football are. Who's your Super Bowl pick at this stage? To win it all? Yeah, he went with Bills out of the AFC, Eagles out of the NFC. That's uh, so funny. And I just said that on another show. I said Philadelphia surprised me. Jalen Hurts surprised me. But if you look at Philadelphia, what they're doing, they're running the ball and they're taking the ball away. I picked Philly out of the NFC. And now this is us coming out of Kansas City seeing Mahomes live. Um, They're going to be a tough out for anybody. But I'm still riding with the Bills. They got a pass rush. They got Josh Allen, Hold on, and pass they can rush. play anywhere. Hold on, pass rush. You saw the news of the day? What, is Vaughn out? ACL. He's out, out, out. They went okay. In, they went in and found more than they were expecting. Okay, so okay, I, I'll still ride with Buffalo. I'm not going to talk out of both sides of my mouth, okay. but I'll say Kansas City, strong contender, and this is another one. Don't sleep on Miami. This is funny, leading into the game we're about to play, because this is how you got the mulligan. Don't sleep on Miami and Tua. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fine. In some ways, I learned a lot about them in defeat in San Francisco, and I don't want to draw too many conclusions from that game because it's it's like playing your your chief rival or your brother's team or whatever. Like That was looking in the mirror and playing the coaching staff that knows you best in that game. So that's not always going to be the case against what could be the best defense in the National Football League. If Miami has to face that defense again, it would only be in the Super Bowl. I think Cincinnati's back in it. Cincinnati getting healthy, beating Kansas City. They showed me something. Titans are trending in the other direction, but I still wouldn't want to play them in the new year. So the AFC, to me, is as muddy as ever. Um, Here's what I'm more interested in than the Super Bowl, though. Part of the reason I asked you this question, can you imagine NFC Championship game at the link, Philadelphia, Cowboys-Eagles? Wow. I'd try to get tickets. Can you imagine? <laughs> I would try to get tickets. Cowboys, for... Eagles in Philly. Wow. NFC Championship. Oh my game. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to discredit the Vikings, but at ten and two and undefeated in one score games, I feel like they've had a really nice season. I and I can't pick them. I can't wow. pick them. That would be epic. 
If that happened. Wouldn't that be something? That would be epic. Oh, my God. Think of the lead-up to that game. Whew. Oh, <laughs> right. The lead-up to that game would be would be more fun than this entire season. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Take a quick look at the uh, Week 14 schedule. Other NFC West teams in action. Those 8-4 49ers uh, against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. <laughs> Brady coming off another Monday night comeback, thrilling win. I saw someone suggest, I thought this was funny, that if he would embrace a Mariano Rivera type role where he only comes off the bench <laughs> and only in like crunch time, fourth quarter situations, he could he could closer. play until he was 60. <laughs> quarterback closer. What do you think about that? Brady as a quarterback closer for another decade. You know, why not? If it works... I've seen running backs become the closer. Bettis kind of morphed into a closer at the end of his career. Uh, Fast Willie Parker would get you from 20 to 20, and Bettis would pound it in for the touchdown? Why not? I think the thing becomes, would you rather take $30 million a year and go to TV for Fox, <laughs> or would you rather take a pay cut to be a fourth-quarter closer quarterback? I don't think Brady knows how to function outside of football. Oh. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Cardinals are the Monday night game this week. Uh, four and eight at home to the six and six Patriots. I've been watching Hard Knocks uh, because I can't look away. I stopped. Yeah. I mean, it's messy. I, I, I don't know what comes next for the Cardinals, but they're out of it. Well, you mentioned Tennessee, right? They lose and they fired the GM. How about that? that <laughs> crazy, right? So, I mean, there's a team that's not afraid to change course. Maybe the Cardinals are on that same course. Man, I, I you got to watch the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. And you I don't can't know if they're going to the, the final answer. Yeah, but. you can't file. You can't fire Kyler Murray. And then uh, what am I missing? Of course, the Seahawks coming off that win at SoFi Stadium. Now they're home to the four and eight Panthers. Seahawks look like they could be back in the playoff picture, maybe permanently. We'll see. But I, you and I were talking off air. I believe it was. How could he not be a Geno Smith believer? Man, I was talking to about him to one of his coaches that was with him in New York and here. He says this is a completely different guy. Like, he's a more mature quarterback. He understands what this game is about and what he can do in it. So uh, I was so impressed with that guy. His pocket presence, where he was putting the football, he was unflappable. By the way, I want to go back to San Francisco for a second. How much of Brock Purdy did you see? Uh, A little bit when Garoppolo got hurt. Man, that guy's – he had some clunkers too, but that guy's highlights? Yeah. For a Mr. Irrelevant? What are you saying? How do, you, how do you set that quarterback depth chart in San Francisco next year? Oh, next year. Well, uh, I mean, for now, for now, I mean, we'll see how far he can take them. Trey Lance won. Start again. I don't know, man. Start again. In his NFL debut, that kid made some throws that were elite. I mean, look, you're going to have somebody somewhere is going to have to admit they were wrong in San Francisco. Just go ahead and say, I was wrong and move on from there. Because I think that's been the problem. That was the problem. Yeah, this last month of the season and their postseason run or lack thereof is going to be very informative. But I think Purdy has the ability to cause some problems. Oh boy, some some good problems, some welcome problems for the Forty Niners. But I mean, a week ago they were talking about maybe arranging terms for another year of Jimmy G. Then he goes and gets hurt again. Right? Maybe he is going to be back for the postseason. Maybe he's not. Doesn't look like he's going to undergo surgery. That could get complicated too. Anyways. Did you know Jimmy Garoppolo was handsome? Did you know that? I didn't know that. I had no idea. No, I, really, I didn't know he was a heartthrob. Did you? Yes. What do you mean? I had no clue. I, I'm oblivious to that stuff. Like, I, 
on the radio. I said it, and they were like, oh, God, I love Jimmy G. I'm mean, like, are you are you serious? Yeah, oh, he's so handsome. I did not know he was like a heartthrob. Oh, yeah. And the the cheerleaders that walked up to him one by one. Did you see that? At the Warriors game, I yes. had no clue. I didn't know it was like that for yeah, Jimmy G. Yeah, I mean, when Christian McCaffrey is playing wingman and second fiddle, you know that. That's what I, I that was the first. Right. That's okay. when I became aware of Jimmy G's pull. Wow. My, my wife must remind me more often than yours, I guess. Really? Okay, I didn't know this. Okay. Now I know. Now I hate him more. <laughs> and uh, now to a subject, maybe the only subject that our audience could care about less than Jimmy Garoppolo's good looks, and that would be the latest installment of our Playoff Eliminator Contest. DeMarco and I all season long have drafted teams that we think are going to miss the postseason. If they do, it's worth a point. But if one of those teams is able to rise up and make the postseason, they go boom, and our portfolio blows up and we lose. So far, I have the New York Jets, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, the Denver Broncos feeling okay about all of those Detroit Lions are on the rise and I'm still worried about the Seahawks however I can eject one of those teams from my group because earlier this season DeMarco drafted the Miami Dolphins and then backpedaled like full reverse Detroit's five and seven fighting hard huh playing well look at them wow DeMarco has the Texans good there Raiders still good there yep Commanders Pittsburgh no problem Buccaneers uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Come on. There is going to be an NFC South representative in the NFL playoffs. Gosh darn Tom Brady. Patriots 500 and the Packers uh, in your group. The Packers Gosh, were no. your most recent pick. That means I get to go next, right? Go for it. I mean, part of me wants to just stop playing and just wait for you to go boom, because I think we're there. I think we're there. But With a 6-6 six and six record. How does no one have the Bears yet? I'll take the Bears. Bears on a bye this week. They're out of it. That's an easy one. That's it's a been on one. the tip of my tongue for a while now, but I want to take Green Bay first, especially with Aaron Rodgers being You did that thumbed. going into that matchup, yeah. too. That was that was bold. I like the way you play this game. Reckless, but fun. Have You got to have fun with it. Come on now. Take chances. Come on, Atlanta. <laughs> Come right, you on, wanna, Atlanta. You want to sit this one out? Or of you, course. Okay. It's on you. You, you, can, you took Chicago. I took Chicago okay. this week. You can have the first pick next week. We'll you know, see I think that's stand. how Justin Fields' his career is going to go. He's going to have highlight real plays every Sunday and probably not win. Interesting. Yeah. They could be on the Rams schedule next year. Things stay on their current track. But that's for another day. Uh, We'll see about tomorrow night. Baker Mayfield, yes or no. If not, I think on this show next week, we'll be previewing his first start on the Frozen Tundra Monday Night Football at Lambeau Field. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, Again, to finish where we started, why not with Baker Mayfield? You got a whole bunch of uh, nationally televised games to go. You've got a home game against the Denver Broncos on Christmas. All of those things to me are far more interesting I got one question before we go. With Baker at the controls. What if Wolford comes out, beats the Raiders, and throws for 400 and looks great? Doesn't It doesn't change my thinking. Not at all. Wow. Okay. You wouldn't give him another week? You wouldn't give him Green Bay? Look, I, 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 don't, I don't feel good about saying this. I don't want to yeah. make it seem like final verdict is in on John Wolford, but I think I've seen enough. I, I don't mean that in any disrespect to him. I think... In the evaluation period. In the evaluation period, what he is and what he can be and what he isn't and what he's not going to be. For someone who's not under contract next year and moving forward with how you formulate a quarterback depth chart for next season, I think I have the information I need on him. I'd like to see a little bit larger sample size on Bryce Perkins. And then I think it's time to play who you claimed and is fair agreed to pay whatever it is $1.4 million over this final month. Totally fair. I'm just hoping for Matt Flynn or Matt Castle, one of those guys, you know. 
We shall see. <laughs> Perhaps as soon as tomorrow night. For Marco Far, for Adam Bronstein, our producer, I'm JB Long. Looking forward to picking up the conversation from Inglewood tomorrow. Hope you'll join us on 710 ESPN.